Hi, welcome back to Latter-day Ramblings. Today I don't really have anything planned. Um, I just have a lot on my mind and this is really just going to be like me venting or rambling like it says in the name of the podcast. Um, yeah, so I want to give you a bit of a personal update about what I believe, um, what I am really in the context of uh, the religion, in the context of the church. I would currently describe myself as a PIMO, which means physically and mentally out in the ex-Mormon community. So I don't believe anymore at all. But I still go to church each Sunday, I still go to every activity, and I'm even organizing a youth conference for our stake. Um, all the while I've lost my testimony. More accurately, deconstructed it. Um, but since I'm still underage, uh, you know, I'm 17 right now, I'm in my senior year, I'm, I'm still stuck um, in the church because I, I'm i scared um, to tell people. I mean, I told my parents a while ago on the 30th of March, which was about like a month after I came out to myself and my best friend. And it was really scary. It was, I was, I was terrified and I didn't know how they were going to re react, but they didn't freak out as much as I expected them to. And they actually, they kind of accepted it. Um, I feel like they were kind of expecting it too, because I'd been struggling for months. My mom did have a really hard time with it though, because I think since her worth is so tied up, uh, in her children, she, fe she feels like she's failed as a mother. And so my uh, the loss of my testimony really hit her hard. Um, and I, I feel sorry for her, but there's nothing I can do. This is just the way things are. Like, I just don't have the energy or motivation to do all the necessary mental gymnastics to somehow make it make some kind of sense. But it just doesn't. And I mean, once I admitted to myself, like, you're allowed not to believe. I suddenly saw everything from a whole different perspective, from a, an unbeliever's perspective, right? I mean, despite having grown up in this and having been raised with all this faith and in this faith, um, it all just made so much more sense. I didn't have to make any illogical concessions. I didn't have to defend racism or bigotry or any of the inexcusable behavior of the prophets in the past. And the whole story, just everything that I learned just fell into place like, oh, this isn't true. That's why everything's like it is, because it isn't true. And I mean, people don't understand this feeling and this realization once they've had it themselves. Like, I understand that if any uh, believers listening right now, they ha will have no idea what I'm talking about, will think I'm crazy or uh, led astray by the devil. And whatever, you can believe whatever you want to. I'm not attacking your beliefs, I'm just explaining my own. So, I'm sorry that I've come to a different conclusion. I'm just being honest and true to myself. And this is the path that I've chosen. And honestly, I've been struggling with these questions and these doubts and these different opinions uh, for over a year now. 
And in some ways, it's always been there, you know, especially when it comes to LGBT issues. Like, I've always been pro-gay marriage. The difference is that at the beginning, like when I realized like, oh, um, what I believe is different than what the church wants me to believe. At the beginning, I was just like, okay, so I'll wait until I somehow change my mind. Maybe God will change my mind. Maybe new information will change my mind. And so I was kind of being patient, like they tell me to, and hoping that my, my questions, my doubts, my disagreements will be resolved someday. But I've given up that hope. And I've just concluded that the church is wrong. Um, the church is wrong. Um, and not just on that front, on many different fronts, um, in my opinion, anyway. Just want to add that disclaimer. Um, but that's a lot easier to say now that I don't believe that it's divinely inspired, or at least any more divinely inspired than any other church. Another issue that really bothered me um, at the beginning of my faith transition, uh, which is like already a few years ago, um, I was like, I am naturally kind of a feminist, um, and the church is honestly steeping in sexism, and it's everywhere, and if you're like drenched in it, you don't see it, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know what I mean? It's like, I saw it in stuff like modesty, like there was sexism, um, you know, the the things that the, the young men got to do uh, compared to the young women, that was sexist to me. Um, how women didn't really get any real leadership positions and that women were all, always beneath a man, like on every level. And it didn't seem fair, but then at one point I started thinking like, is this what I believe God would want? Is this how I believe God would organize his church? And I was like, no, actually, he, he wouldn't do that. Like he would put us on equal footing. He would give both men and women some kind of priesthood. And from there on out, my whole image of God started changing and becoming more personal um, to me. And the God that the church wanted me to believe in became a lot stranger. Like we believe in the God that told Nephi to kill a man to get some plates. We believe in a God that condoned genocide. And not just condoned, not just allowed to happen, but encouraged it and commanded it. And that's not a kind of morality I believe in or want to believe in. And it's just a whole different God from the, the God I know. And it's not one that I want to have anything to do with. And that kind of God of like extreme exact obedience, just do what you're told and don't think, it's like that's what the whole church is based upon, right? Because they say like, oh, obedience is the first law of heaven. Obedience is like the most important virtue in the Mormon church. Like if any, if something doesn't make sense, people are going to say like, oh, it's just about obedience. Just obey. It doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing matters. Just do whatever you're told. The brain God gave you is for nothing, apparently. Uh, reason is not an accurate way to determine truth. Uh, research is not the answer, and all these like fear-mongering, thought-stopping messages that the First Presidency and the leaders were sending to us. And it's like, I realized that 
if they don't want us to research, it means they're scared. They're scared of what we'll find because maybe it might discredit the whole organization. Like if, if we look at any other sources than the church approved ones, then we'd find out different information that, than they had told us. And we'd figure, figure out like, oh, something isn't right here. And it isn't, it's not. So before my real faith crisis started, I was mostly concerned with social issues, so with LGBT and the feminism thing. And then um, around like the beginning of 2020, I started really diving into church history. I read the Gospel Topics essays. I um, did further research on Wikipedia because I thought, well, Wikipedia is a reliable source, you know, and it's unbiased, so it's probably the safest way to get my information. And then after that, um, I started, I think that's when I discovered the CES letter, and that's where I really saw all the issues, like, basically all together in a document, and I started researching more from that. I went to Mormon Think and to Fair Mormon. Um, Fair Mormon, which is an apologetics website, it, I thought, oh, maybe this will answer my questions, maybe all my doubts and everything will be resolved, but it, it didn't. It just make th made things worse, if anything, because I thought, if this is the best we can do, if this really is the best we can do, then it's not good enough. It's nowhere near good enough. And then I think I, I distanced myself from it for like a few months because I was really busy with uh, school, so I could kind of forget about it for a while. But then I discovered Mormon stories. Um, I think it was December or November, probably, of uh, 2020. And I just started binging everything. And I discovered um, uh, Mormon Discussions podcasts with Bill Real, Radio Free Mormon, all these podcasts. And I started looking at things from the other side of the fence of people who were devout believers but had left. Um, and I started to realize that there are valid reasons to leave. And so I was really struggling with this. Like, I think in January of this year, I was like, I need to find something to grasp. Like, I was still really trying to hold on to my faith to the little bits that I had. Um, and then this uh, Mormon Stories interview series with Jim Bennett came out. Jim Bennett is an apologist and he worked for Fear Mormon, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a six or seven part series and all the, the episodes were like two to three hours long. And it was just John Dolan and Jim Bennett going over all the issues in Mormonism, basically. Every single one. And Jim Bennett kind of trying to come up with a faithful answer um, to all of them. And I really, I admire him, I, I do. And, um, like, there were some arguments that I could get behind, like, okay, I can, um, I can look past this, and if I, if I make this concession, then this makes more sense. But just seeing it all together like that, it's just, I can't. There's no way that I can hold on to this for longer than a few months. So at that point, I was just, I was just realizing that, oh my god, I'm gonna have to leave at some point. And I was terrified. Of course, but I just realized that if Jim Bennett is the best we can do, which I still think he is, I think he's the best and most honest apologist that Mormonism has right now. But again, I I just really thought like, okay, if this is the best we can do, it's not enough for me. 
And I, I realized that, but I didn't want to admit to myself yet. So I, I just kept lying to myself, like, I'll just have to wait. I'll just, I'll just wait even more. I'll just have patience and someday it will make sense because I, I wanted to stay. At first, I really wanted to stay and I wanted to make my parents proud. And yeah. And while this was going on, I had my last temple interview with the bishop. And honestly, I, I basically lied my way through it mostly. There were some things that I could really say yes to, like, do you strive to be honest in everything you do? Um, do you believe in God and, and Jesus and the Holy Ghost? Uh, stuff like that. But when it came to church leadership, um, do you sustain the brethren? Do you believe they're prophets, seers, and revelators? I just couldn't bring myself to say yes. So I said, I don't know, even though I, I knew I, sh I should have said no. I should have just been like, no. Um, but yeah, like again, I'm, I was scared. I'm still scared. It's terrifying. It's, I don't know what to do. And so from that point, I really, really dove into church history, like more than I'd ever before. And I started to learn, to learn all the intricacies and all the details. And I was like, under the impression that the more I would study, the more it might make sense. Um, but it made less sense and it made more sense to just to stop believing. And I couldn't believe because, and I can't, because it would be intellectually dishonest. I, I can't make the church true for, for me again. I can't. And it was really hard. And then finally, um, I think it was March 9th, that I finally admitted to myself and admitted to my best friend who is uh, not a member that I didn't believe anymore and that I was going to leave once I move out. But yeah, th that felt really freeing and liberating and I was finally honest and I was feeling more like authentic, like true to myself. But now I still have to keep up appearances for at least another few months, at least until July. Um, and it's, it's really hard right now, like every Sunday and every Friday, which is when we have seminary and young women's activity, it's just incredibly hard to pretend I'm still a part of this and pretend I still believe and that I care. Um, and mostly I just try to uh, be quiet. Um, I try not to say anything because I know they won't understand. They just, they won't understand. And maybe that's unfair to say, but I've tried. I mean, I've made comments and stuff like that in Sunday school and in seminary before but they, they just told me, you're wrong. They didn't engage with my thought, my opinion anymore. They were just, you're wrong. You have to change your opinion. You're not allowed to think that. And I'm like, fine, I'll shut up. I know you don't want me. The church doesn't want me. And I've been under that impression for really long now. And it's also part of why I want to leave because I just don't fit anyway. I don't. And I, I don't want to force myself to fit into this tiny little box that they made for me. I can't, and honestly, I don't want to. So I guess the next question would be like, what's next?
And I've been trying to figure that out for two months now. Um, uh, currently, I'm trying to hold on to my Christian belief in some way I can. Um, because I do, I still believe in God. The thing that's changing is what that God looks like. Like, I don't long, I no longer believe in the Mormon God, which is like a man, like a flesh and blood man, uh, just sitting there in the sky, I guess. I don't think he has gender. I don't think it's even a person, necessarily. I just think it's some kind of universal spirit that's everywhere that encompasses everything um, that's within all of us. Maybe just the embodiment of love and goodness. I've been trying to work that out and I'm not quite sure, but that's fine. I've been studying Buddhism and Hinduism, kind of looking around out there, exploring my options. I've honestly been reading like crazy. <laughs> like I've read some Eastern books, uh, for example, the Tao Te Ching, which is an ancient Chinese text. I've read the Sadhana and the Dhammapada, which are, I think, Hinduist and Buddhist, respectively. I've read uh, Falling Upward by Richard Rohr. He's um, a kind of unorthodox Christian, and it really helped me see what Christianity can look like and helped me see the pure beauty in it. And I really appreciate that. Um, it does strike a chord with me. And I've also read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. He's a spiritual teacher and um, kind of helped me see the oneness of the universe, I guess. And that the purpose of life is to become aware of that unity and that we are all one with the universe. And I think that's beautiful. I think that also stems a bit from the Eastern tradition and that resonates with me too. So my beliefs right now are kind of an amalgamation of different things. and. That's totally okay. I don't have these rigid rules anymore. I don't have this box that I have to fit in. I can just take whatever truth and beauty I find anywhere and just breathe it in, you know? Hold it, live with it, practice it, treasure it, and keep searching. You know, the search is never over. And that search for meaning is in a sense the purpose of life. Um, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's like, it's exactly what Albert Camus said in The Myth of Sisyphus. Um, one must imagine Sisyphus happy. Like, every one of us keeps rolling up this stone up the hill and it keeps rolling back down. And that's like our search for meaning in life. The search is meaningful in itself. We are the ones that give it meaning. So one must imagine Sisyphus happy. And I am happy. You know, I'm a little confused, maybe. We are all confused, we are all a bit lost in life. I no longer have that certainty that Mormonism offered me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not knowing. Because uncertainty is the truth of life. Uncertainty is the human condition. It's just something that you learn to live with. So yeah, that's kind of my journey up until now. Um, yeah, let's see where life takes me next. I am excited. I'm kind of nervous too, but mostly excited. You know, um, what awaits me out there um, once I graduate, which is in a few months, two months to be precise. And 
Well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the future. I'm planning on coming out to, you know, my uh, my friends and my leaders uh, at church once I graduate. Although I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do it. I just want to make sure that they understand that I've made the decision that it's final. Because I don't want them to try to convert me back. I mean, they can try however hard they want to. Um, they won't succeed. I just want them to understand that it's done, you know, I'm done. Um, and I want them to understand that it's fine, that I'm okay, that I'm still a good person, you know? It's just hard to talk about this with people who have never been through it and who just don't get it. You know, because the thing is, I've been where they have been. I've been a believing Mormon, but they've never been in my position. So um, it's just a hard place to be and very difficult uh, to communicate. And well, my heart goes out to all of you who are in the same position as I am or in a similar position. It's it's really hard to transition from Mormon to ex-Mormon, but there's a large community of people who get it, you know? There's wonderful communities on Reddit. Uh, there are Facebook groups and Discord servers. You know, there are many people who are going through this and we'll get through it together. So yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned more about me. And well, if you ever want to talk, um, you can email me at latterdayramblings at gmail.com if you feel like it. And yeah, I hope I'll see you next time. Have a good day.